0: And now, I will uh, turn the floor over to Juanita to introduce
1: our guest for this evening's episode. Juanita? Well, we are very honored to have Puyanton Anton Rojas. He's one of the the best anchors today in the country. May it be college basketball. May it be college uh, volleyball. Uh, We are all very welcome. Thank you and welcome, Puyanton. Anton.
2: Thank you very much, uh, Juanito. And thank you to everybody who are tuned in right now on SRO. You know, the, the title of your, your show brings back a lot of memories because standing room only, uh, I remember that's something that I used to do when I was a student in LaSalle. I would go to the Araneta Coliseum to watch mm-hmm. games at Upper A and Upper B. And um, I remember I used to take the LRT and MRT just to get there. So this brings, brings back a lot of memories, and uh, congratulations to you guys for uh, coming up with this uh, show and this uh, Facebook page. Because uh, nowadays, I mean, we have a lot of time to show our creativity, and hats off to you guys for giving it a shot.
0: Thank you so much, Anton. And uh, now I'll uh, turn it over to Luis to introduce our, uh, tonight's episode's topic.
3: All right. Thank you, Happy. And thank you, Anton, for mentioning that. So, actually, that was the reason why we thought of starting this podcast, is because we were inspired by people like our guest tonight, Anton. So, when you talk about UAP basketball, watching it on TV, you know the names Boom Gonzalez, Miko Halili. Happy birthday to you, Miko Halili. Nico Ramos. And, of course, there's always Anton Rojas. And now, in this new chapter called Insight, we'd want to pick their brain and hear everything and anything about basketball. So moving forward, first things first, Gilas-Pilipinas, what a game a few days ago. One more game against Thailand tomorrow. So our first question to Anton would be, did this team live up to their expectation?
2: I think the score says that they more than lived up to expectations. I think there was more talk about Calvin Oftana not making the final cut than whether Gilas would dominate Thailand. But I'm good to, uh, it, it, I felt good to know that Calvin Oftana would be activated for tomorrow's game. Uh, this guy's an NCAA MVP. I covered him, I, I saw his growth in the league. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy that these young players are given the opportunity to shine. And um, I think all of them had a chance to do it. And they're raring to go. They're they're raring to make the most out of this opportunity. I'm j- I'm just happy for them. Nice, nice. It's good to know that
4: uh, Calvin Oftana did sign in through um, the second game. So Oftana and Atukab will be replacing uh, Will Navarro and Mike Nieto for mm-hmm. the succeeding lineup. So my question would be: uh, we, we saw the, the I think the primary issue or the primary talking point for this lineup was it's a complete collegiate lineup or you know there are some graduates but haven't played any pro ball yet mm-hmm. um do you think that this roster and our other youth prospects example 3D Kai Soto uh, edu AJ edu um would you think that this young core would be enough for to bring us to 2023 or to be re- to represent us for 2023 or would you still prefer
2: having the current pro set of PBA players well, I think the problem with creating a national team has always been like the availability. So you have players who have commitments to their various teams in the PBA, and sometimes they're not able to put their name in the hat because of their commitment there. But when you have a setup like this, you have young players who are part of what they call the GILAS pool, and you develop these players, you nurture the character of these players, give them opportunities to compete internationally, train here in the Philippines and abroad, and then you do this until 2023, you stick with this group of players, then I think you should stick with it. You, you should run with it because what's the point? What's the point of fielding in these players and then just replacing them come 2023 or any tournament before that? I think it defeats the purpose of having a Gilas pool if you're just going to remove the players eventually. So to me, I think you should stick with these players, uh, help them develop to grow into better individuals, hone their skills, and then come 2023, I'm sure they're going to be way better than they are right now.
3: Alright, a quick follow-up actually, Anton, so we had Mikey last week, I'm sure he's a colleague oh. of yours, he did actually say the opposite, he said that when it comes to the national team, you're right about availability, but you'll always have to field your best players regardless, you have to field your your polys, your LA Tenorios, so mm. uh, just to reaffirm your point, if it were up to you, we should continue to de- to develop this team all the way till 2023.
2: Yes, I think you should develop this team all the way up to 2023. What's the point of having that draft where you had Isaac go go number one and then you had Bulanadi, you had the Nieto twins uh, in, the, in that, that Gilas draft? What was the point of, of having that draft? That was for 2023. So I, I, I disagree with um, what Mikey said that you have to pick the best players. What about chemistry? Uh, that that's another that's another concern. So so I think that it's good that you're starting with this program early. So by the time 2023 comes, the chemistry is already there. The players have improved from what they are today. That's three years. It's a long time. I mean, 2023 is is three years. So it, it's a pretty long time. So I think you should just um, trust the process, so to speak and stick with what you're building. I, I think that's, what, that's the word. You're, you're building something for the future. You can't just um, come up with certain parts on the fly. Okay, I wanna build a super team. I get this part from here, get this part from there. And then you're building it all at once, just to be able to say that you have the best players. But then again, what about the chemistry? What about the familiarity with, with one another? So I think it's more important that you stick to a program and as players, you also want to feel secure, right? You want to know that, okay, I'm part of something for the future. Rather than, oh, I'm here, but then in the future, there's a chance that I might be kicked out, right? As a player, you want to have that feeling of security, but at the same time, you also have to prove your worth. So I think you should, if, if I had my way, I would stick with this team that we have right now and let them play in 2023. But that's just me.
0: Yeah, I think I totally agree with what Adon said. No, uh, I think building. Uh, a super team with all the right pieces and all the strongest pieces that we have uh, on our basketball talent lineup is not really the right thing to do. And I think it's been proven right in international competition. We've always tried to put up the strongest team, but we didn't really have that chemistry. And I think chemistry is really a big thing in international competition. And I think um, with the way that we're starting this program, with the way we're building this uh, amateur team, a bunch of amateurs, and going into 2023, um, I think we're going in the right direction.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I guess another thing I'd want to ask about this uh, line of line of questions is, so we we are talking about amateur players that are you know being drafted or to compete for the national team, but another thing that I'd want to ask about is uh, the key component of the lineup, which is uh, the naturalized player. So do you think Anton um, Ange Kwame, the guy who's being touted as the next uh, naturalized recruit for the Philippines? Will he be enough for 2023? Or were, are we better off um, if if we, we're not able to fix Jordan Clarkson's papers? Will he be the naturalized player? Or one of the PBA players like C-Stan, Stanley Pringle, mm-hmm. um, or even a, another naturalized player, Justin Brownlee, McCullough, or if Andre Blach finds the fountain of youth yet in Alam. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think the reason why Angelo Koame is in consideration is the fact that he's very familiar with the system of Coach Tab Baldwin. And not only that, he's also familiar with majority of the players who are part of the Gilas team right now. The Nieto twins, 3 Ravenna, Navarro, he's familiar with those guys. So he already has that chemistry with them. And he's available. Availability. I mean, the two things that I was talking about, availability and chemistry, very important when you're building something for the future. So I think that's the reason why Angelo Kawame is in consideration for naturalization. But if you have an opportunity to get a Jordan Clarkson, then you do it. Because, I mean, how many many times uh, do you have an opportunity to get a player of that caliber from the NBA? I mean, if you, if you have that opportunity, you do it. But, I mean, if you want to go on the safe side, if you want to go in terms of um, getting what's already there, then you go with Angelo Koame. And I, I'm not surprised that uh,
1: they're going with that option. Uh, in relation to that, Kuya, um, do you think Tab Baldwin is the right guy for the job?
2: I think he is the right man for the job at this point. Again, familiarity comes into play. Who are the players on the team? These are all Coach Tab Baldwin's players on the Blue Eagles roster. So they're all going to grow together. I mean, they call each other the band of Blue Eagle brothers. They're all going to be the band of Gilas brothers moving forward under Coach Tab. And in terms of the success... I think Coach Tab's name is, is something that you, you connect to success. Three straight UAAP championships. So, and obviously, his, his international basketball resume speaks for itself. So if you ask me, Coach Tab is the right man for the job right now with, with the current setup. You mentioned that this
4: team is composed mostly of Ateneo players. And then paired up with other stars from, others, uh, from other programs. Um, do you see that as a good foundational piece for this uh, team moving forward? Or is it better that we look for more skilled collegiate players than, than the players that are, that are used to the Tab Baldwin system?
2: I think it's important that you also get talent from other teams. Like You have Justin Baltazar, you have Kobe Paras, you have the Gomez-Daliano de Liano brothers. I'm. I'm. I was pleased with the way they meshed with the other players on the with the Ateneo players on the team. Uh, Kobe had that nice uh, left-handed dunk off a pass from Matt Nieto. That, that was nice. That was all over the highlights. So it was nice to see them, you know, mesh together. Isaac Go was talking about how he was so happy playing with Justin Baltazar. I mean, these guys are uh, play for rival schools, and for them to gel together with Gilas Filipinas working together towards one goal, uh, I think that's what it's all about. So uh, going back to your point, I think that's what they're doing. That's why they got Justin Baltazar. That's why they got Ray Suerte. They got Kobe Paras, the GDLs, because you want to add firepower to that Ateneo team. So I think that's exactly what they're doing. And if they can get more players just to, to beef up the squad, then why not?
0: Alright, um, Anton, talking about building a roster, let's move a bit forward, talking about the NBA. I'm sure um, you follow the NBA as well. What are your um, top three best and top uh, worst three teams in free agency for you right now? Top of your head now.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> well, uh, okay. I-, I, think the, I think the top team is obviously the Lakers. You got Marc Gasol, um, and then you you got Dennis Schroeder, and then um, uh, you got Mont- Montres Harrell, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's it's like highway robbery. I mean, he was <laughs> he was the sixth man of the year, and then honest, honestly, I mean, you guys see Jordan in the back. Honestly, I'm afraid because LeBron might get the six. And people are already saying that he's the GOAT. But to me, Jordan will always be the GOAT. So, I mean, I'm okay with, I, I'm, I'm okay with LeBron winning 4 and 5, but I don't want him to win 6, to be honest. <laughs> but with this team that he has, I think they're the favorites again. I mean, uh, yeah, Rondo left, um, but, but AD hasn't signed, but I'm sure he's going to sign because he wants to win more championships. And LeBron is, um, I, I don't know if I want to say this, but uh, every, every time I think that he's on the way out or his, his game is, is, is on, on, a, on a decline, it, it, you know, he, he just ups his game. He's, he's ageless. So um, to go back to your question, top of the list is definitely LA. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers, I think, I think they're the, they're, they, they improve the roster the most. Um, number two probably would be the Phoenix Suns. I think uh, they, they had the biggest uh, big-name acquisition in Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul is old. But um, I, I think uh, in terms of his conditioning, he really turned back the clock. We, we, he changed his diet. He's, he's vegan now, uh, Chris Paul. That's why you, you see he's much more slim and lean uh, his body when he was playing for OKC, unlike when he was in Houston. Uh, imagine if he didn't um, injure his hamstring. Maybe Houston would have been in the finals that year that, that they were on top against Golden State. So he, he fixed his diet. He, he went vegan. He got lighter. and That's why you see videos of him dunking. And I think um, he's, he's going to help Devin Booker. They're already in the gym together, working out, shooting together, trying to develop that chemistry. Uh, I think DeAndre Ayton is going to benefit the most from the arrival of Chris Paul with, with uh, all the lobs that he's going to get. So I think the Suns are number two. Um, number three, I'm just going to say this because I'm a Ben Simmons fan. I think it was a good idea that they got Al Horford and Josh Richardson out of there. <laughs> because uh, yeah. I think that I think the chemistry with Horford was just terrible. The and Josh been... Josh Richardson was not playing the way he did when he was with Miami. So I think that there are more opportunities now for Embiid and, and Simmons to just play their game. Oh, and I thought also it was a disaster that that they put Ben Simmons at the power forward spot last <laughs> year. I, I think that was dumb. So I mean. <laughs> You, you, have the, you have an advantage with Ben Simmons at the point. Six-foot-eight running the way he does. I mean, I'm not even worried about his three-point shooting. Just let him attack the much smaller point guard. Let him run. Let him lose. I mean, let, let, let Joel shoot the threes. If, yeah, if, uh, on the and he, he, I mean, he, he has that in his game. So, uh, I, I, I think it was, it, it was uh, a bad move by, by Brett Brown to put him at the power forward spot last year. Um, I, I think Doc Rivers is, is gonna help the Sixers uh, improve. So those are my top three. Uh, Lakers, um, Suns, Philadelphia. Lucky and okay. ni Luis Boat, you know. <laughs> I'm a big Lewis.
4: Phoenix
3: fan. Anton. Oh, oh, oh you're oh the big Phoenix fan. <laughs>
2: why why how did this start from from from
3: Steve Nash even when he was in oh. Dallas I was already following Mike Bibby in Sacramento then when I saw okay, Steve okay. play it was like man I can be Steve Nash I don't have to dunk <laughs> I don't have to run the floor and jam a ball but Yeah, uh, and then he moved to the Suns, the seven seconds or less was always something I admired and I never left the Suns. And actually hated the Lakers for the longest time. When he moved to the (laughs) Lakers, I had an existential crisis because, you know, it's one hand. Steve Nash, yeah, he's the GOAT, Canadian GOAT, then you have the Lakers. And then everyone wanted him to fail, so they did fail. But then again, thank you for mentioning the Phoenix Suns, so yeah. So are you happy that he's with Brooklyn though? Yeah, I think Brooklyn is actually gonna face the Suns in the finals in two years. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> actually, actually uh, years, Steve Nash is surrounding himself. Yeah, uh, in two
2: years, I'm not this year, because no, 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 you know no, no, how no, some analysts—you know how some analysts are saying that Brooklyn could make it to the finals this year if KD comes back and is eighty-five percent of what he used to be.
0: 85%, just
2: 85%. Huh? <laughs> 85%, I mean, KD, you know, with with his height and his handle, he doesn't need to be that explosive to hit, what, at least 20 points per game?
0: Yeah, actually, I agree with that. Yeah. super agree with that.
2: Okay, um, can I just give you one team for the worst?
0: Yeah, sure, sure. For
2: the worst, okay. Um, So... Like I said, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. I don't know what the hell he's doing, though, in Charlotte. I have have no idea what the hell he's doing. Okay, yeah, you drafted LaMelo Ball. First of all, you have to facilitate LaMelo Ball getting his number one, okay? Because he does not look good with that number two jersey. Um, his, His brother, Lonzo, already tweeted, telling Malik Monk, hey, yo, you know you want number five? And Monk already said we can work something out because they wave Batum. So there you go. You should give LaMelo Ball your prize pick the number one. That's the first step. But I don't know. They're still not doing it. They, they did the photo shoot and LaMelo Ball is still number two. You have two other point guards there. You have uh, Scary Terry, who's not scary anymore like he was, yeah. when he was with Boston. Mm. And then you have um, Devontae Graham. I don't know how that's gonna work. The coach? I don't even know the name of the coach. Steve (laughs) Borreto. Is is that the guy? guy. Borrego. Borrego. So he was saying that he plans to have those three guys on the floor at the same time. Sorry, but I don't don't know how how that's gonna work. Juanito Gregorio, Jaggi Gregorio, and Diego Dario, coached by coach (laughs) Alan Gregorio, have way more chemistry with, than those three. <laughs> so, I really don't know what, what Charlotte is doing. Um, I think they should give the keys to Melo and, and let him just play his game. Yeah, it's obvious that I'm a, I'm a ball family here. <laughs> ball family fan here. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just had to say that.
1: So, uh, we now heard that, you know, guys, you already heard it that me, Jaggi, and Jego would play better than the three. So now going locally, we're going, we're going to the PBA. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the the impact of the PBA bubble is in the local community, especially now that I think the PBA again is being talked about? And earlier, just online, we had three hundred fifty thousand watchers wow. already, and that 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 doesn't include the TV the TV watchers yet. So that's mm-hmm. that's crazy that the PBA again is alive. So do you think the PBA is back? Yeah, definitely.
2: Uh, I think that everybody, especially with the months that, that there was no sports, everybody was just thirsting for, for basketball. I mean, we all know how crazy um, basketball fans here in, in our country are. So for the PBA to be back, it just gave us something to look forward to every single day. I think it was great that the PBA was on every single day for a time and then now we just witness a great game one great final series between two teams that are stacked and uh, have the tools to win a championship Tex in Barangay Henebra so i, I think um, it it's uh, it's it's a model for for uh, sports leagues to 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 look at the PBA i know i know there were a couple of hiccups with regards to the covid cases but they powered through. I mean, hats off to them for powering through and making it all the way to the finals and they're in the home stretch. And if they're able to pull, pull this off, then then I think uh, it could be the start of more leagues coming back. And that's good news for everybody, all the sports fans, because we got something to talk about and something to watch and enjoy.
3: All right. Uh, actually, speaking of the PBA finals, Anton, are you rooting for any team in particular?
2: Okay, um, I just have to explain this. I, I don't have, like, a team. Like, you, you know how some people have uh, teams that they root for and it, it's just the same team year after year? Like, like, there are some guys who root for uh, the Lakers and even during the dark years of the Lakers when, when Smush Parker was there um, and Kobe was bullying him. All the time, you know, they were still rooting for the Lakers and they talk about, oh, we had to endure those years. And then now, you know, they feel so good because, because uh, the Lakers won. I, I'm not one of those guys na meron team that, that I root for every year. I'm more of like, I'm a fan of a certain player. And if this player goes somewhere, then I want to root for, for that player and the team that he's playing for. So I think right now, uh, my favorite player in the PBA... I I think is Ray Parks. I think I'm gonna have to go with Ray Parks. So, so my favorite team would be Talk and Text. But but here's the thing, um, back in the day, I was a huge Asi Tau Lava fan. I was a huge Asi. I have the jersey and everything. Wow. Like I got I got Asi's signature twice. I got it once at the Conetta Astrodome and once na kasalubung ko si Asi sa isang convenience store in Green Hills. Barangay Green Hills. So you know, I, I walked up to him and then, Hi, Asi, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm sorry you guys lost last night. And he was like, Yeah, heartbreaker, heartbreaker. <laughs> you know. And then he he wrote me he wrote me uh, his, his signature on on a receipt. Asi 88 88 pa number niya during that time. I was there when when he won the championship all Filipino in at the Cuneta Astrodome with Jimmy Elapag. I think I think Bong Ravena was even part of that team as the starting mm-hmm. small forward. So. So I, I was a big uh, talk and text mobile phone pals fan back back in the day because of ASI. So uh, it, it's kind of ironic because now in this particular final series, I'm I'm rooting for talk and text because, kai Ray Parks naman ako. like like I'm I'm a fan of Ray Parks. I I have his Alab jersey because uh um I used to cover the ABL also so I have a bunch of jerseys from 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 different ABL teams. So from the Alab team, I had the Ray Parks jersey. So yeah, I think I'm going for Talk and Text in, in this particular final series.
3: All right. And that being said, Anton, um, perhaps you can ask for a quick prediction for the remainder of the finals, even though it's too early to tell. 1-0 to Ginebra. What happens next for you?
2: Oh, man. Well, <laughs> Talk and Text seems banged up. Like um the commentators were talking about how Ray Parks uh, might have pulled something on his leg and uh, how Jason Castro tweaked his ankle so but but I mean everybody's probably feeling something with 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 the amount of time they've spent in the bubble, so I think it'll go down to whoever uh has that that mental fortitude to just to just blow through um. Hinebra definitely has the experience, so I'm I'm hoping for like a a a long, uh, a long series, um, but uh, smart money Hinebra. But like you know, in terms of like favoritism and who I'm rooting for, I think I'll go talk and text. Yeah. Talk
0: they're called G-
2: they're, they're called Giga, right?
0: Yeah, drop,
2: drop on, on Giga, Giga. Tro- drop on Giga right now. Oh man, okay. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna roll the dice and say 3.5 Giga <laughs> in seven.
4: <laughs> okay, neon. Para yar po time to na. First year, 3.5 gigah
1: in seven.
4: Matagal pa yung NBA so susabot mga mapigana tni yung PBA. As as <laughs> again, <diba? laughs> All right, so I guess we can switch over to our favorite topic of local basketball is with the UAAP Mm -hmm. because there have been a lot of talks about the possibility of a UAAP bubble sometime April 2021. And they're looking into hosting, of course, the flagship sports in uh, the UAAP, which are men's basketball and women's volleyball. So what are your thoughts in the feasibility of making this all happen? I guess in terms of your experience in um, the media side of the UAAP.
2: Okay, here's the thing. I've experienced being in a bubble. Um, just last month, I was in the Kalam bubble for two weeks for the Chooks to Go 3x3 President's Cup powered by DM, And we did not have any cases of COVID. So hats off to Boss Ronald Mascariñas, uh, Boss Melmac, everybody in charge, Coach Eric Altamirano. They really did a great job to make sure that anybody who went in was negative. We had the PCR test before going to the bubble when we got to the bubble before we left the bubble i even got to play 5 on 5 basketball for the first time because wow. all of us were just in the bubble so sure ball na walang ano don walang walang virus kasi hindi naman kami lumabas sa eh. mm-hmm. we we were there so in terms of being able to pull off a sporting event inside a bubble it's possible but you have to organize it well but then again that was just a small tournament we're talking we we were like i think about 200 250 people in in the in the Calam bubble for two weeks if if we're going to do a UAAP bubble ilang tao um, you're talking eight different schools yep. right Maybe, maybe if and, and and where, 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 where are you gonna have it? Like, like I heard, yeah, Inspire Academy and NU is is a is is a possibility. And to me, that venue is perfect for a bubble. But the thing is, can you fit? Uh, I I don't know the exact number, the exact delegation. If you're gonna put the UAE, puede seguro pag halimbawa, okay, basketball. For, for this amount of time. Basketball lang. Okay? Kaya siguro. And then, and then the next time, it, it's volleyball. So in, in that sense, I think if you do it like one at a time, like say men's basketball first. Okay? Finish the bubble. And then you do women's basketball. Finish, the, finish that bubble. I think it's, it's, it's doable. But then again, it, it requires a lot of planning. Um, I, I also heard like Ateneo is another option to have the UAP bubble. Um Ateneo mas malawak yon. And um I I'm pretty sure they have uh mix you probably know this I mean because you're the Atenean here they probably have a lot of buildings to house the players. So, enough, enough
4: buildings yeah. Yeah, I
2: I, I, <laughs> I I will I will say this though about the the NU campus. It's super nice. Um it, we ha, we have netflix uh we we had uh, hot water we had we had we had to do our laundry every day but there was a washing machine at the rooftop uh we had five meals a day so uh, it was it was really nice but Yunya, um can you house the whole delegation of eight different u a p schools I think that's the question that that uh, uh the officials have to figure out
0: well actually uh Anton, uh, now that you mentioned that uh, Ateneo would be a possible venue for the bubble, actually, we already voiced it out here. In particular, Miggs voiced it out that Ateneo could be that possible <laughs> venue for that bubble. Uh-huh. <laughs> Knowing that um, these guys are student-athletes, so mm. Ateneo can be that venue where and, you know, you have your classes and then you have a venue for the sporting events. <laughs> Miggs was the one who first sounded off here on S. Bubble
4: campus, guys. Bubble campus. <laughs> Voila.
0: All right. and moving forward, uh, Anton, um, if the league started now, if the UAAP started now, we know that Ateneo has been the defending champions three straight years already. How much is the disparity between Ateneo and the other seven teams if the league started right now?
2: I think they would have the advantage, they're the champions. And after seeing Dwight Ramos play, oh my god, he didn't miss a shot. (laughs) <laughs> how, how? I mean, how are you? How are you gonna stop that? Obviously, LaSalle is there. You, you have Baltazar, uh, who is one of the best big men, if not the best uh, local big man in in the UAP. So LaSalle is always um, is, is always a threat. Uh, but I think uh, until you knock the crown off the heads of the champion, you're gonna have to prove yourself and go through them. So Ateneo is undoubtedly the favorite. Um, even though they lost so many players like the Nietos and Thirty. So I think Ateneo is still the favorite. You have Coach Tab Baldwin, who, who is the, uh, who's the puppet master, the mastermind of, of everything. So until you beat them, uh, you can't say you're the best. So Ateneo is the favorite in the UAP.
1: So do you think LaSalle may be the closest team to uh, maybe the throne? When it comes to just the current possible lineup,
2: well, if 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 one and uh, Javi were in UP, I would say UP, but uh, I don't know what the situation is there. Um, but obviously, you still have Kobe and all, all the big names that that were were. Well, Cancino can't play it, right? Yeah. So. So in in terms of the personnel. Um, I, I think UP and LaSalle. I think UP and LaSalle uh, ha- have the best shot against Ateneo in terms of the personnel ha, mas maganda sana kung kung dum pasi wan de ba, but uh, um, yeah he played in the Chooks to go 3x3 and, and that's a pro league. So I, I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen if, if he can still play in the UAP or not. So they're gonna have to figure that out.
3: All right. If I may ask uh, Anton... Sorry, oh, you're on mute. Sorry. Uh, Anton, if I may ask. Um, mm-hmm. you are a LaSalle fan, correct? Unfiltered
2: because uh, you mm-hmm. did come from LaSalle. No. Um oh my god. Uh, LaSalleians are going to kill me. I'm not I'm not one of those diehard La fans like, you know, go LaSalle, like die after no. I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not one of those like like you'd see me sometimes play a pickup game in a Kiefer Avenger jersey. In Zobel. In La Salle, Zobel. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Nobody, nobody, nobody approaches me and say says, What the hell are you doing? I just I, I don't care. I just want to play basketball. So uh, I'm I'm not one of those guys. Na, I'm I, I won't say I'm a fan of LaSalle. First of all, first of all, um, I, I'm a commentator in the UAP, so I can't be a fan of LaSalle. Like I can't be biased for any team. Yeah, I'm from LaSalle, I'm thankful that I have a lot of connections and my background is green. I, I was a LaSallean for, for seven years. You can't take that away from me. But the, and, and at the end of the day, I have a job to do. And I can't, I can't um, you know what I'm saying? I can't have like, like attachments to LaSalle because of the job, right? So mm-hmm. I, I am a fan of players from all schools. And I, I appreciate I appreciate the talent that they show and the hard work that they put in. And it's my job to to highlight that. You to to add to the hype that they bring out whenever they participate in the UAP for their respective schools. Did I answer your question? What was your question like if I'm a I'm a LaSalle fan? Uh, no, actually
3: Luis? I was gonna go to another question. Okay, 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 Yeah, okay. that generally uh gets the yeah. picture. So it's good because uh, the four of us here in standing room only, we're also big UAP fans. And we actually feel yeah. that LaSalle is one of the most underdog teams coming into the UAAP next season if it started. Because everyone's talking mm-hmm. about UP. Everyone's talking about the UST Exodus. But people are forgetting about Evan Nelly and Mark Nonoy moving to LaSalle. So yeah. do you agree that LaSalle is definitely uh, going to be a strong and formidable team coming into the next UAP season?
2: Okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest about that um, Nelly and and Nonoy um, addition. So they're going to be able to play on season 84. Is is that right? Season 84. Correct. These are two different point guards. Okay, you you have Evan, who is more of like a facilitator, but he's also a big shot maker. And then Mm -hmm. you have Mark Nonoy, who is like the flash going end-to-end on the court. So I think the challenge for Coach Derek Pomarin is how are you gonna get these two guys to work together? Because let's say Nelly starts, so you have a certain tempo when he's on the court, and then you pull him out, you bring Nonoy in, and the tempo changes. I think it's gonna be a different, I, it's gonna be a difficult adjustment to anybody playing with them because you're gonna have to adjust right away. Like maybe a more a slow half court pace when Evan's on the court, and then you're going to have to start running when, when None comes in. So I, I think it's a huge challenge, but it's, at the same time, it could be an advantage because you have two dimensions of, of basketball with, with the way those two floor generals uh, play. So it's going to be interesting, but at the same time, it's, it's going to be a difficult challenge because I, I can't think of any team who had a combination of two point guards who play so different. Well, what did Mikey say about that? I'm sure he had something interesting to say. Did you guys ask him about that?
1: Well, Mikey is an Evanelli friend, uh-huh. so he would defend Evan whatever happens. Uh-huh. So, but he actually thinks he actually thinks uh, uh, it might work. Yeah, I mean it
2: could work. Mahirap ngalang because they're so different from each other. <laughs> they're so different, right? Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Anton, now um, y- you mentioned uh, I don't think a lot of people know that you played juniors basketball for Lasalle Z- La Salle Zobel, mm-hmm. and then you moved on to go to college in Lasalle also. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you? I'm sure a lot of viewers, uh, a lot of our viewers, would want to know how the, how you started your career with ABS-CBN Sports.
2: All right. Um, I probably told this story like a hundred times, <laughs> but uh, I'll try to make it different from you guys. For you guys, uh, how did I start? So I didn't actually, I, I didn't actually think that I would be a broadcaster. Um, in my mind, I was always going to be a professional basketball player. I've been playing basketball ever since. Ever since I've watched Michael Jordan, so that was the goal ever since. That's why I went to Lasalle. Because I think being in the UAP would be a stepping stone for me to play in the collegiate level and then eventually in the PBA. PBL pa, before the PBA, during, during those days. But um, things didn't happen that way. I, I went to LaSalle and, um, the, in college and, and, and I remember the yung mga kasabay ko sa tryouts was Bonbon was bon Custodio, um, Ryan Aranya was there. T.Y. Tang was there. J.V. Kasho was there. The LaSalle team was stacked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to play the point because in high school, uh, I was the three. I was the starting small forward. So uh, I did not know how to play the point. yung height was 5'9". So I, when they tried to play me at the point when I was trying out for LaSalle, I just couldn't do it. So I tried out for UP. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. I actually tried out for UP and lasted for a week. I, I lasted for a week in UP and uh, Ang Kasabay ko don, Gino Ferrer and uh, Marvin Cruz. And I'll, I'll, I have a story. Uh, it's, it's a nightmare story for me. So, like, um, the coach asked me, so ano position mo, ano, ano larumo? And I was like, um, point. Even though hindi talaga yun laro ko, because, but I because na yun ako sa lasal, di ba? And like they would only get me if I was a point guard for my height. So I tried out sa UP. So so he he puts me on the team, on the scrimmage, and then ang, ang kamatchup ko si Marvin Cruz. I'll never forget this. So si, si Marvin Cruz does this. So like he's beside me. So he 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 motions to his teammate parang ganon. like, like, like chichi to parang <laughs> so he goes to the post marvin Cruz, he goes to the post and he posts me up you know he catches the ball spin pivot fake obviously i bite and then he drives layup so so like i mean i i i don't know how i lasted a week <laughs> but i was dying every day <laughs> At the Human Kinetics Gym. So uh, yeah. after that, I actually tried out for baseball pa kasi, I wanted to go to UP. But then um, I, I injured naman my thumb while, while trying out for, for, for baseball because I didn't know how to play naman. So, but the ball was coming to me. I tried the bat and then it hit my thumb. I dropped the bat, and next thing I know, my, my thumb was like, big Yeah, super swollen. So, uh, when, when, when the sports thing did not pan out, after I graduated from LaSalle, I thought I would go corporate. I would go corporate. Because the course ko was applied corporate management. Um, but uh, the company that I wanted to work for, Nike, um, they were full. Like, like, I was calling the HR manager and I was like, hi, uh, this is Anton Ross. I dropped my, my resume um, a couple days ago and then like siguro nakulitan sa akin because i kept calling every day she was like i'm sorry but we're not going to have any positions here in in the near future something like that like she said it in a very stern stern um, manner so i was like oh my god she she really slammed the door in my face and then nagkataon lang na one day i was i was uh, working out uh, i had this uh, a friend who was a boxing trainer slash gym owner in Makati. His name is Joven Jimenez. So I was working out at his his gym and he was like, so Anton, ano ba gusto mo? Ano ba gusto mo? Kasi I was still looking for a job. And then I said, di ko alam eh. Kasi yung company na gusto ko, ano eh, uh, pasukin, walang opening eh. Pero alam mo, parang masaya yung trabaho ni Ikinito Henson, Chino Trinidad, mag-commentate. So he was like, "Algumba, ah, kasi may kakilala ako sa Cebu na boxing trainer, uh boxing promoter. Si Sammy Jaluwani, baka baka gusto mo subukan sa kanya na mag-commentate. Sabi ko talaga, boxing." So, mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, nagbo-boxing din naman si Kenito Henson at si si Chino Trinidad. Like they cover boxing. I I listen to them uh, sa mga Pacquiao fights. So, Ayun, uh, Joven connected me to Sammy. and uh, uh, that's where I got my first, my first stint uh, in sports casting with Sammy. Hindi pa with ABS, with, with Sammy Jalowani. Like, I think it was a local Cebu uh, network that covered the boxing fight. Yung sa ABS naman, I was just at home. I was just at home. I was flipping the channels, and then I saw a commercial. Do you want to be a courtside reporter? Submit your resume to blah, 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 blah. So I was like, oh, <laughs> like so, so like I, I I wrote everything down, I printed out my resume, I went to ABS CBN, I dropped the brown envelope and then next thing I know, uh, I get the text asking if I wanted to be an anchor not not a courtside reporter, an anchor. So I was like, wow, anchor uh, So anyway I show up there I have a blazer on. And like the rest of the people, like looked a lot younger than me, because Pang yung auditions, eh, diba? So like yung mga audition courtside mas bata talaga sa akin. Ako, graduate na ako. Yung mga nag go audition nasa school pa. So like I, I went there and then um, ayun, I I I tried out as an anchor. That was in June 2009. Uh, and then the rest is history. I I got a text saying that they they they're gonna take me in as a as a commentator for the NCAA. And then I've been with ABS-CBN ever since until, until, it, until it got shut down. So that was 11 years. 11 years in the job. That was my first job. Honestly, I thought I would be there forever. But you know, things happen. And you just got to roll with the punches. So this is where we are now.
4: <laughs> in your stay, Anton, with uh, ABS-CBN, or even in your, um, in your stint with the Cebu boxing um, scene, who could you say were your uh, mentors to really show you the ropes in how uh, sports broadcasting, how being an anchor just goes by?
2: My first mentor was Ronnie Nathaniels, the late, great Ronnie Nathaniels. Mm. Um, he was the guy who really opened the doors of sports casting to me because after that stint with Sammy Geloani, I went back here to my home in, in Pasay because, because the boxing stint was in Cebu. So like I really had to fly there. My dad had to buy me a, a plane ticket to go to Cebu. So like when I got back here, I was telling my dad, "Sabi ko, pa, sobrang nag-enjoy ako. Nag-enjoy ako sa sa pagco with Sammy. I want to do it again." Kaya lang hindi ako sinabihan eh. Hindi naman sinabi sa akin na come back. They, she didn't tell me to come back. So my dad was like, "Call Sammy." So I called Sammy and then uh, I I told Sammy, you know, I I enjoyed uh, I'd love to do it again if you need me. He you know, Ronnie Nathaniels is, uh, is is coming back here to Cebu and he has a show. You know what? I'll ask him. Maybe he'll give you another shot. And the following day, um, Sammy calls me back and says Ronnie was willing to give me a shot. So that that's, that's why, to me, uh, I always say I wouldn't be where I am without Ronnie Nathaniels because he was the guy that really opened the doors of the sports casting world to me. And um, I, I, owe him, I owe him a lot. So, so he's, he's number one. Uh, Boom Gonzalez is, is another person that, um, that I consider like, more of a role model. N- not, not, not a mentor, but a role model. Because a mentor is somebody who's constantly giving you advice. But Boom G is just too damn busy. <laughs> so, so like I, my interaction with him was, was very minimal but because he was one of the senior anchors role um, he, model. he was the guy that everybody was striving to be like so I was one of those guys so um, there, there was one moment though that I, I'll never forget probably uh, probably my third game si Boom Gonzalez texts me out of the blue he texts me out of the blue um, he got my number, I don't know how. He got my number he texted said, Hey bud, Boom Gonzalez here. Got to watch you twice already. Finally, an anchor who does his research. Keep on, uh, work on your pace. Keep, keep it up, work on your pace. Something like that. So when, when, when I got that text from Boom, I got pumped up. As in, I said, na He didn't have to do that because I was in the NCAA, he was in the UAP. Sa akin, yeah.
1: But
2: you know, he 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 probably I don't know, probably saw something in me. Uh, probably appreciated that nakita niya na I was trying and nagresearch like, He decided to reach out and give me some words of encouragement. So, to me, up to now na alalakop pa yun. and that was back in 2009. So yung mga, ganun ba, yung mga, mga ganung little gestures. Um, mean so much in the long run. So, siguro yun yung unang dalawa. Uh, Ronnie, Ronnie, and boom. But like, if you ask me if I had like a mentor-mentor na everyday magte-text akin or telling me this, telling me that, sadly, wala eh. Wa- wa- walang, ano eh, walang, walang nagko-constantly guide akin. It was more of like, uh, me watching, watching other people and like, taking something from this person uh, feeling okay taking something from that person and just trying to incorporate everything into my style so ayun
1: yeah well we just wanna uh, we, we, uh, we just wanna shout out the people watching no? uh, Brian Operario the, the, the best uh, big man uh, we wanna shout out to Jello Vito who's watching uh, our constant watcher, Janjan Haboneta. What's up, Jan? Uh, Hannah Servida, uh, girlfriend of Migs, and one of the best football players in the women's here in the country. And uh, to all others watching, guys, thank you for uh, watching. Um, nice. All
3: right. So Anton, you mentioned that moment with Boom as something you really remembered. If I can switch it a little bit. If there's something mm-hmm. that comes to mind on your favorite moment as an anchor, what would it have been?
2: Uh, okay, I'm I'm thinking of this top of mind right now, huh? Yeah, sure Okay, uh, yes, please. There, there there's a lot and that make I like like I I a, a whole lot of lot of memories are rushing through my mind right now. But probably um when I covered um the world title fight of Donnie Nietes against Ramon Garcia-Hirales in Bacolod when he became a two-division world champion. And it was because my partner was Ronnie Nathaniels. Kasi, imagine, I was a kid with no experience in broadcasting. He gave me a shot to be on his show. And then fast forward a couple years later. Ano naman, we reunite. And I'm the anchor, he's the analyst, and we're with ABS-CBN. And then we're standing next to each other about to go live to cover a world championship fight in boxing. And I remember telling Mr. Ron at that moment, I said, Mr. Ron, remember a few years back, you gave me a shot to be at your show in Compostela, Cebu, that remote town that we had to drive to? And I, I knew nothing about broadcasting. And here we are tonight covering a world championship fight. Like never in my wildest dreams did, did I imagine that happening. So thinking about it right now, it gives me goosebumps because like I never planned that. I never planned like I would cover a world championship fight. So for, for me to have the privilege to do that, I would, I'm just super thankful and to do it with a legend rub elbows with a legend it was a privilege and something I'll always remember for for the rest of my life so that, that's just one of many that's just one of many but top of mind that's what I can think of yeah
1: <laughs> i I have a question uh well uh, just for you no just for mm. you I say, the our goal is to be like the starters for the UEAP. that was our goal that was like mm. something we wanted you want we asked Mikey who who he wanted to be. And I think he wanted to be on the line of Gilbert Arenas and uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith. Who do you think you would compare to?
2: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Um,
2: I'm a big Stephen A. fan. I'd like to think I have a little Stephen A. in me, but um, I won't go as controversial as him. (laughs) <laughs> because because the Philippine sporting world is so small, and I might lose a lot of opportunities and lose a lot of friends and burn a lot of bridges if I go as controversial as Stephen A. But like in terms of his style, in terms of um, the way he speaks, um, I'd like to think that um, I've patterned some of my my, uh, my 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 talking style to Stephen A. Smith. But in terms of like, am I might comparing myself like say let's say example lang example lang, like i'm the i'm the marv albert of the philippines like nah I, I, I don't think of myself as like that like like am i the uh like mike breen no 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 i i i, I don't like compare um basically i just i just try to to um work with what i have and and what I know and I love research so I think that's my main thing I, I do a lot of research uh, I make sure that every game I cover I have a lot of information that I'll be able to share because I think that when you're prepared um win or lose uh, you can always look at yourself in the mirror and say you know I did, I did my best so so I uh, to answer your question, I, 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 I don't think of myself as like, I'm, I'm, I'm like that guy or, or, or this guy. I just try to be the best version of myself.
3: All right. And uh, Anton, we mentioned earlier that we attest you as one of the goats in UAP for at least our generation. So, wow. if you were to make your own Mount Rushmore of PH broadcasting all around any sport, who would the four names be on that mountain?
2: Wow. Any sport, huh? Any, any sport. sport.
3: All around PH broadcasting. Sports broadcasting.
2: Phili- wait, Philippines? Yes, Philippines, Philippine sports broadcasting. Philippines. Okay. Oh, Ronnie Nathaniels has to be in there for me. Um... Ronnie Nathaniel's... I think Boom Gonzalez has to be in there. Ronnie, Boom Gonzalez. Um, Kinito Henson has to be there. Um, that guy's research. He, he's one of the reasons why I research. Because of him. Like, I remember every time there's a new import in the PBA, he always had a story about that import. And yeah. inabangan was waiting sa dyaryo. So yeah, um, those those three... Man, obviously, I'm going to leave a lot of guys out. <laughs> but like, I know, I'm saying this based on the impact they had on me. The impact they had on me. I'm not saying that these guys are the best. But like, I'm putting them in because of the interaction I had with them and the impact and influence they had on me. Kasi mame, I leave out a certain sports caster <laughs> and they say, Oh, Anton didn't put you in. But maybe yeah, I, yeah,
0: disclaimer maybe, na.
2: yeah, but maybe mm-hmm. maybe the reason I didn't put that guy in was because I didn't have a lot of interactions with that person. So that's the reason why. So like this is based on who influenced me growing up. So so Ayon, Ronnie, Boom, um, Kinito Hanson. Na ko na yung pang eh. TJ Manoto. Yon, DJ DJ K- Manoto. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. TJ Manoto. So so those are the four guys that that uh, I feel influenced me in my sports casting journey. So those guys are my Mount Rushmore.
1: Yeah. My starting five, number five, si Anton Rojas. <laughs> salamat, yeah. salamat. At point guard,
2: at
4: point guard. At point guard. At <laughs> guard.
1: <laughs>
2: special okay. mention. Special mention. Andre Felix kaya lang magagalit sa, akin. <laughs> so I, magagalit sa He, he influenced me in a different way naman. man. More and more of like a brotherhood. Brotherhood. Uh, we, we go way back. We go way back.
1: Yeah, Andre's watching. Andre, hope, hopefully we get you here soon also. Yeah, definitely. You, you,
2: you, you guys have to have Andre. Yun, show din yun. Show din yun. <laughs>
1: Alright. Eh, yeah, no,
2: no, don't don't don't. You don't need to put the uh, warning explicit content <laughs> on Andre, but that guy's a show also.
0: <laughs> you know, man, wholesome version you Mikey.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, Anton. Um, before we go to a close, um, we just wanna ask right now, what's next for Mr. Pure Business, Anton Rojas?
2: Uh, well. Uh, A lot of people have been asking me that question throughout this pandemic, but I will be the first to say that I don't know what the future holds because I really don't. Who would have thought that this whole world would shut down and we'd have to go back to to the drawing board and figure out what we're going to do? I mean, you guys all of a sudden had so much time on your hands and decided to do this show. I was in the same situation. I had so much time to think about what I'm going to do. How am I going to pass the time? How am I going to continue the sports conversations? And that's why I came up with Volleyball DNA along with Denden Lazaro. So I I think everything happens for a reason. And when these things happen, it's up to you to decide on how you're going to deal with the situation. So... For example, yon. During that time, there was no volleyball show, so we decided to come up with our own volleyball show. So shout out to all the subscribers. If in case there are any volleyball fans here, maraming marami salamat. Um, whatever happens, um, it, I think you're gonna follow your heart. I'm gonna follow my heart, and I'm just gonna just go with, go with it. Like, what I I've been having a lot of projects lately. Um. Like I, I did a project with Nissan Philippines and the Department of Tourism. I didn't think that was gonna I think that I didn't think that was gonna happen but it happened so now I became a travel host right? like from a sports caster to a travel host right mm-hmm. but I but I mean it's also sports because like I was able to ride my mountain bike in Baguio so um I, I can't give a definitive answer, but one thing's for sure: I'm, I will follow my heart, I will follow my passion, and just trust in God's plan, because everything happens for a reason, and you just have to have faith amidst all the uncertainty. So, I guess that's it on my end.
1: Amen to that.
0: And I think really um, the big one of the biggest lessons that we learned from Anton today was you know always be ready. Um, keep the faith, trust in your passion, and you know uh, the rest will follow. And uh, before we close, Anton, I'm sure you have uh, some people you wanna give a shout out to before we end our show.
2: Honestly, I just wanna give a shout out to you guys because um, it's not easy to take that leap of faith and trust your own abilities. Siempre, like, is this gonna work? And daming sports shows, Jan. Papa no orin batayo. How can we make sure that our content is different from other people's content? But it's all a process of experimentation. It's just about being confident in what you guys can do and trusting in your capabilities and just giving it a shot. Because sometimes all it takes is to just have the courage to take that leap of faith, and then you gain the experience, you learn. And develop into something that maybe you never thought was possible, and here you are. So I want to give a shout out to you guys, um, SRO. I still remember my days watching from the bars on Upper B at the Lasal. Lasal FEU brings back a lot of memories, and uh, I just want to say congratulations to you guys and all of your regular viewers. So congrats, guys! Thank you. Thank you, thank
0: you so much. Uh, That really means a lot to to us uh, as a starting podcast. Uh, We really hope to uh, have uh, more quality shows ahead of us. And, uh, and, you know, great things are yet to come, I know, for all of us. Uh, And uh, thank you, all of us. Uh, Thank you to everybody who tuned in to our show tonight. Uh, uh, And um, don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts. We are on Instagram at sro.ph, and on Facebook, www.facebook.com sro.ph. Once again, thank you to mis- Mr. Pure Business, Anton Rojas, for guesting on Insight tonight on Standing Room Only PH. And for Luis Boat, Juanito Gregorio, and Migs Peralta, this has been Javi Palania. We are the voice of the six-man from the fifth stand, Standing Room Only PH, over and out.